Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week it was. A freaky week of leaky leaks. is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago Federation of Labor, our sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what to smoke. Yes, it's true. And how to think politically. We're going to be talking about the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky in moments. ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to become a Ben head, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. You can either be in the alley, the avenue, or the boulevard, plus check out our endless archive of episodes and so much more, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Ben, you have a song of the week. Oh. I'm warming up the pipes. (laughs) Wish you would have done that before the show. All right, your (laughs) song of the week comes from Frank. It is Donna Summers, Hot Stuff. Oh, hot stuff. Hot stuff. Hot stuff. Uh, you don't know this. <laughs> hot stuff. I know it. I hear it. Looking up some hot stuff, baby, this evening. Thank you. Look at the you know what a 70s song. Hot stuff, baby. All right, I think that works. The Ben Jarofsky show starts now. Friday, May 14th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh What a Week It Was, a freaky week of leaky leaks. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here, we're calling this... Pop quiz Friday, and here's why. Yes, yes, yes. It's oh, what a week it was. And uh, Dennis has got a great lineup of material for me to riff on. And as he always does, he just gives me the headlines, ladies and gentlemen. Just, Ben, I'm going to ask you about this. I'm going to ask you about that. But we don't uh, work it out with a script. But, D, I just have to talk about one thing. Uh, we did not. I did not put this on our list of um, items for our oh, what a week it was. Oh, what a week. Hey, I think that should be the theme song. Oh, what a week. Yeah, working that deal. I like that. That's actually good. Hey. Oh, what a week. And that Billy Joel. T- oh, my God. Hold on. You know, I got to explain this stuff to millennials. I believe that's uh, Frankie Valley. Uh-huh. Oh, what a night. Late September. <laughs> anyway, uh, neither here nor there. I got this thing in the mail. I, don't, I wonder if, uh, I don't know how widespread this was. You, you know, it's not election season. 
So I haven't got any uh, flyers in the mail since when, November. And you know what it's like, folks, in election season. Every day, three, four flyers just pouring in, uh, either extolling the virtues of some candidate as though he were the second coming of what? Of uh, Gandhi or Jesus Christ or Martin Luther King or ripping, just shredding. <laughs> The other candidate, and I always, I always advise everybody when you get a, a campaign flyer in the mail, don't believe anything they say about their opponent, and don't believe anything they say about themselves. But this one D is like, I just had to share this. I, I, at first glance, I didn't know what it was about. I mean, I had a sense because I'm a political junkie, but I would say that 99.9 percent of humanity would not have no idea what this is about. Out of nowhere, without any kind kind of warning or what have you, I get this uh, real glossy flyer. There's a song in the background. Uh, And it says, pop quiz. As Springfield legislators review proposals to reform the Chicago school board, their top priority should be A, our children, B, our children, C, our children, (laughs) I'm sorry, can't do this with a straight face, or D, all of the above. And then they circle D, all the above, meaning there's nothing else but that we care about. Anyway, I did a little deep dive, not a whole much, but uh, and then the back, it says, when it comes to reforming the Chicago school board, legislators must put our children first. And this year's lawmakers in Springfield will celebrate, excuse me, debate multiple proposals, none of which is agreed upon to reform the school board. You would have no way of knowing what this thing is about, folks. If you got it in the mail, unless you're a political junkie like myself, it's from an outfit, Stand for Children, which is used to be... um, much more proactive, uh, much more active in the state of Illinois. They were the charter school outfit. And uh, back in the days when everybody was consuming huge vats of rom Kool-Aid into uh, hating teachers unions, they were the ones sort of leading the charge to weaken the char- the teachers union. Now they've got this campaign. It looks like I would guess this is against an elected school board. And uh, but they don't mention that it has to do with an elected school board. They don't mention that the elected school board initiative is sponsored by pretty much or supported by pretty much every single Democrat in the state of Illinois. And that the only Democrat who's against it is Lori Lightfoot. It's just very bizarre. It's like, I guess I should take this as a, a good sign that the anti Chicago teacher union forces and factions that were once so prominent have like gone underground and they're subterranean now and they're disguising their messages. I got this thing, pop quiz. Our children, our children, our children, D, all the above. I can tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, as a guy who's been following Chicago politics and Chicago school politics forever, never once have our children been at the top of the list of priorities. It's usually our mayor, our bankers, our legislators. That's who's usually uh, at the top of the list when it comes to public education in the city of Chicago. All right, enough cynicism for me. Yeah, for now. Yes. Enough jaded observations of a guy who's been following Chicago politics for too long and should take a break and should go lie on a beach and drink pina coladas and smoke doobies. That's what I should be doing, chilling out. That sounds like a boring podcast. (laughs) I got to say. Uh, but anyway, before I do that, before I go to the beach and smoke the doobies and drink the pina coladas and just chill out, man, listen to Jimmy Buffett, 
Uh, Hell <laughs> yeah. Your Genesis. I only know one Jimmy Buffett song. Come on, D. Let's sing it together. Wasted away in Margaritaville. Anyway, before I do that, before I retire to that beach, I got a week's worth of news to review. Without further ado, let us turn it over to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. The man they call the doctor with all the news. What's going on, everybody? Time to comb through this week's top stories in Chicago and or Illinois. My name's Dennis. We begin in Chicago. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Where's the my name is Dennis part? Where, where's my favorite part? Um, the doctor. <laughs> Sorry. Dave. We begin in Chicago and we begin with Chicago Mayor Lori Leakfoot. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor. <laughs> Did you just come up with that or? Has that been going around the internet and I just missed it? Slip of the tongue. Slip of the tongue. Okay. And guys, I know the story may be all the way from Monday, but we have to talk about the Lori Leaks. Monday, May 10th, the Chicago Sun-Times and Tommy Two Joint Shuba. Uh, he reports that tens of thousands of hacked emails detailing the inner workings of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's administration were leaked to the public last month. The emails were posted online on... Oh, my Lord. (laughs) That'll teach you to say anything cynical or sarcastic about our mayor. Okay. You still live in the city of Chicago, young Dennis. Don't think you can get away with it. Let's do Let's redo that one from the top. Three, two, one. The emails were posted online April 19th by a group known as distributed denial of secrets. Ooh, man. Work on that name. That's all. I've been giving you guys a lot of shout outs this week. We got to work on that name. I like it. Very mysterious. Ooh. What do they know? What do they know? It's a nonprofit whistleblower group similar to WikiLeaks that's facilitated other recent high profile data dumps. <laughs> Oh, come on. Get your head out of the gutter. The hacked. <laughs> Speaking of, can we get a porta potty update? We haven't heard about that porta potty out in the alley. First off, it's still out there, right? Hey! Oh, good get Lord. Out, get that. There's three people in the porta potty, D. Good Lord. How many times have I told you? One person in that porta potty at a time. They're smoking reefer in there, D. I know that that's, that's what they're doing. Get out of there. Oh, they got hacked emails on that board. They're reading the hacked emails. In fact, some would say the emails are coming from the porta buddy. Oh, good Lord. All right. Well, back to the distributed denial of secrets. (laughs) The hacked files, which also include roughly 50,000 documents and nearly 750,000 images were very revealing details on freaky things like police drones. And of course the mayor's thoughts and actions on some of the shadiest Chicago events so far in our new decade, like the botched raid of Anjanette young, the botched demolition work on little villages, old Crawford coal plant last May and more, including the fatal police shooting of 13 year old Adam Toledo. On Monday, the mayor declined to answer questions about the content of the emails. Instead, 
The mayor accused a hacker group of demanding ransom from the city and a private law firm hired to investigate a botched police raid in exchange for keeping secret a massive cache of City Hall emails that are now getting widespread attention. Uh, the ransom demands were met and were not met, and the emails were ultimately posted to. Wait. The Dark Web. Oh, a lot of spooky, mysterious stuff going on in this news story. Ben, are you familiar with the Dark Web at all? Oh, uh, yeah. I, um, it's a nightclub, isn't it? Uh, in the city of shit, the Dark Web. Yeah, the Dark Web. Not it's one I know dark. about, Mr. Important. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, don't really know much about the Dark Web. Although, D, you'd be happy to know, uh, five years later, typical Ben, uh, right on top of things, I've started watching uh, Mr. Robot. Have you ever seen Mr. Robot? It's actually, it's. Oh, yeah. I watched that years ago. It's it's really good. Yeah. You know, I'm a little behind the times on everything. But yeah, it's all about the mysterious goings on in the dark web, web, web. I have enough trouble with the light web, like the web that everybody (laughs) sees. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. I just go online and look at hats all day. You know, that's all I really do. No, I never really get into the dark web. Uh, the mayor then questioned the legitimacy of these emails, claimed they were taken out of context and urged reporters to be, quote, and good luck with this, very, very cautious before drawing any conclusions. The mayor would not credit the hackers as a, quote, credible news source and claimed the whole episode was part of an extortion plot. Here's the quote from Lightfoot, quote, I would just be. Very, very cautious. I've seen this happen in other instances. I've seen it from my perspective as a lawyer representing clients. Oftentimes what happens is you get things either out of context or they've been manipulated to make a particular political statement. So I'm not going to be commenting on specific emails, things that may be extrapolated out. She's smart. You're not. All right. Ben Jarofsky. You've been talking about it all week with Maya Dukmasova, Mick Dumkey, and the Chicago Tribune's Gregory Pratt, and they've given you a lot to think about, I imagine. But now, my friend, you are in the hot seat. The Lightfoot leak. <laughs> what do we need to know? What's real? What's BS? And what are the chances of me looking through these emails and seeing a private conversation between you and our Chicago <laughs> mayor? Huh? Okay, let's deal with the last one first. Um, if you find an email exchange between me and Lori Lightfoot, uh, amid all these other hacked emails, then, you know, they were extrapolated. <laughs> then you can, I don't think I've ever exchanged an email with Lori Lightfoot, but I have exchanged emails with various, uh, Lori Lightfoot factotums, aides and the such, usually with them promising me to get some, uh, somebody on the show. And then never delivering. I've kind of given up on it, D. You know, they don't want to come on this show. <laughs> that old hippie. <laughs> Commie. So, no, I've not had a lot of uh, contact with Lori Lightfoot uh, since uh, she was candidate Lori Lightfoot. And uh, she was uh, all too happy to come on whatever outlet I had. And including the the hideout, the hideout stage with uh, Mick Dumkey. She came there. So, uh, but those days are long gone, D. She's now Mayor Lori Lightfoot and she wants nothing to do with me or you. Uh, mostly me. And uh, so, no, you probably won't find any emails from me. But you will find one from Maya Dukmasova. We talked about it at length uh, on Wednesday, I guess it was. I thought it was pretty funny. I'm going to write, take a deeper dive and write a column about it. 
but uh, I, I have to just smile and shake my head um, at the notion of Mayor Lori Lightfoot giving advice to journalists. And she's not the first mayor to give advice to journalists. And she's not the first mayor from the I'm smart, you're not school of mayorhoods. Uh, I would say the first mayor of the I'm smart, you're not school of mayorhoods would, of course, be uh, Dennis's good friend, Rahm Emanuel who in not biking around the state of Michigan is always giving advice to journalists. He actually even penned an essay for some publication that was dumb enough to run an essay by Rom. By the Take way, Take a chill pill, man. <laughs> sorry, Rom. Uh, allegedly penned it because there's always some doubt on the Ben Jarofsky show if uh, Rahm Emanuel actually writes or reads uh, the essays that he is credited for having written. I doubt that he uh, reads them, much less writes them. But we do have uh, a fun but, uh, time with that bit where uh, we imagine Rahm Emanuel like <laughs> sitting in his underwear in a robe trying to come up with really smart words, right? How does that go? Oh, that's the one where he's in the basement and he's writing and he yells up the stairs to his, honey, what's another word for transportation? I've used transportation too many times. I need another word. Honey. <laughs> Yeah, Rob, I'm a serious person. I'm going to write a book and write essays and think. <laughs> oh, mayors just can't be mayors. They got to be like smart. This is something that like the daily, this began with daily. I blame this on daily. Daily was not like his just, his general, the vibe that he set up. This is Richard M. Daly, youngsters, the guy who was mayor in the 90s. And the, D, I got to explain this stuff to millennials. Anyway, that Daly, <clears throat> he didn't set off a vibe that showed like, oh, I'm a really smart guy. You know what I mean? So all these liberal types on the north side would be telling me, Ben, you don't realize how smart he is. I mean, when you get one on one in a room with the guy, he's unbelievably smart. He reads books. And then Daly came up with this notion. I know I have a, what is it? The book of the month club. Remember that one day? I don't know if you were in town for that. Chicago reads. <laughs> and so like to show that he read books, he would have Chicago reads and the whole city should be reading one book. And I always felt I've had mixed feelings about it. the one hand. I felt good for the writers, you know, cause that meant they made a, a writer makes money. I'm happy for him. You know what I'm saying? Or her. But on the other hand, to be endorsed by the mayor of the city of Chicago, be endorsed by the man. I don't know. Do you kind of, it's kind of like you've been sold out. You know what I'm saying? So it's a mixed message. there. And then Rom, just to really show how smart he was, he had his favorite books. And <laughs> I had a field day with this D. I went down the list and they were these mammoth tomes that Rom was endorsing that are his favorite books and including like these modernistic novels that are really hard to read because they like don't conform to essential, like basic elements of plot. You know, they go in and out of time and narrative and points of view. And I'm like, come on, Rom. You know, you didn't read these freaking to read a book. That's like 800 pages. It's a lot of work. I mean, you got to dedicate yourself. You got to be like a, a person who doesn't mind being alone, you know, with your thoughts. You got to put the phone away. You can't be texting. You can't be calling people and yelling at them, which we're almost known to do. You can't be hatching plots to, you know, improve your brand name. 
you know, you have to like have quiet time where you're alone. So I didn't believe that day. So now we have Mayor Lori Lightfoot standing at the podium. I don't actually know where she was standing at the time. I just imagine her standing at a podium. Lord knows where she was, folks. Lecturing the journalist of the city of Chicago. I would not trust these emails. And you know, D, you know as well as I do that if these emails were hacked into, let's say, Carlos Ramirez, Ramirez Rosa's computers or Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez or Byron Sixto Lopez or JT, Jeanette Taylor or Danny LaSpada, any members of the socialist bloc who came on the show last week. If you know if that they were hacking lefties, Man, Lori Lightfoot's people will be sending it. Did you see this? Did you see that? Don't quote me on this. But did you see this, that, and the other thing? But when it's her, it's that stern voice. I just want to tell you from my experience, I have a lot of experience. I'm very smart, and you're not that bright. That These emails you should be very, very cautious about. Be very, very cautious about. And now... Their official policies, they're not responding to anything in the email. Although it seems like they're bending on that a little bit. You notice that? Like, they figured, all right, let's see how far we get with this. We had Gregory Pratt on the show yesterday. Uh, a shout out to Gregory Pratt, a, a city hall reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And as we call him on the show, President Pratt, because he's president of the Chicago Tribune local. <laughs> Let's start stowing some respect. All right, Dennis? I noticed you stopped calling him President Pratt. You're right. He's <laughs> not to be confused with President Grimm. That would be Andy Grimm, who's president of the whole Chicago branch newspaper guild. Come on, D. A little respect. And by the way, President Ben, I want to oh, be a president. Okay. All right. <laughs> President Ben. I mean, I am a doctor, so I mean. <laughs> yes, you are a doctor. Anyway, uh, it, it just the notion that Lori Lightfoot's going to stop a bulldog like Gregory Pratt, who's just a news junkie, you know, or Danny Mahopoulos. Just think of all the, the reporters that we have come on the show who love chasing stories. Just like... Do you think you're going to stop them from doing what they do? Now you got Black Club, man. They are coming out with one story after another. And Tommy, two-joint Shuba, my hat is off to you, are the man. Like, he's assembling all the articles that are based on the leaks or the hacks. He's assembling them so you can find them. He's coming on the show, by the way, D. Cut a deal with young Tommy Two Joints, okay? He's not an easy guy to cut a deal with. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, young Thomas is a busy guy. <laughs> ben, I'm busy reading these. Oh, my God, here's another email. And there's like hundreds and hundreds of emails. And, D, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh, confession time. Uh-oh. I took a, first of all, I had a typical boomer thing. This difference between me and uh, Tommy Schuber or Gregory Pratt. They're millennials. They're like, oh, emails internet stuff you know and they're like oh, that's that's the latest impression in the ben Jarofsky catalog internet stuff can we hear internet stuff again oh, damn that's good stuff hey mr robot he's so good as mr robot 
He's like immediately hacks into your files. Mr. Robot does. Actually, his name is not Mr. Robot. I forget what his name is. The guy who plays uh, Rami. But he's got that ability to go right into like immediately just turns to his computer. Next thing you know, I figure out Dennis's password. Hmm, doctor, I'll call him doctor. He's got your bank accounts, he's got your Facebook stuff. It's unbelievable. That's what Gregory Pratt and Tommy Schubert are like. They're millennials. Maya's a little that way too. Me, I'm a baby boomer. I'm like, oh, if I go to this hacked email site, will it like send some kind of worm into my computer? And just melt it down. I'll let Tommy Two Joint Shuba and Gregory Pratt take a look at it. But yeah, I must confess, I had the baby boomer fear of going to a site that would infil- that would send a virus into my. Do they even have viruses anymore? D? I don't hear a lot about that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But- Wait, what an answer to this question. We went from ROM to Tommy Two Joints to now viruses, Mr. Robot. So I I didn't take the big deep dive. Instead, I just like obsessively follow the mini dives that other people take. And uh, but Tommy Shuba, man, God bless him. This guy is a great reporter. He's fearless and he's assembling all the stories. And he's not like the old days. Like the Tribune won't give credit to the Sun Times. I pretend like they don't exist. Because that's what journalists do. These millennials aren't like that. They'll give a shout out to the other paper. You know what I'm saying? He'll throw up what the Tribune does or a black club does or what the reader does. I like it. I like millennials, man. I make fun of you guys because you don't know anything that happened before you were born. But God bless you. Yeah, that God. happens a lot, though, when you make fun of things when they're not born. I, mean, <laughs> I know you're saying God bless you, but it doesn't really balance out. Oh, come on, man. Here's a millennial. You talk to him about daily. Um, ben, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> How many times a millennial talk? Ben, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> you know, I've like heard of the Civil War. I wasn't born when the Civil War was going on. Uh, ben, I wasn't born yet. Anyway, I give a lot of credit to millennials because... D just across the board, they don't play. You know what I mean? And and they got uh they just got guts that baby boomers don't have. So my hat is off uh to Gregory Pratt and Tommy Shuba and all the other millennials who are taking the deep dive in this stuff. And come on, Lori Lightfoot, you thought you were pretending that you were like a, a journalist journalism school professor was gonna keep some bulldog. Like Tommy Shuba from taking the deep dive and reporting on this stuff? Come on, Lori Lightfoot. Come on. Well, it didn't work, D. They're still digging out stories from these emails. And rumor has it that I may take the deep dive. I may overcome my fear of virus. <laughs> I don't know. This distributed oh, denial of secrets group. I cannot wait for the next day when you talk about the dark web. Dark <laughs> web Wednesday. And here's why. <laughs> I got this feeling that it's like the guy from Mr. Robot who's just going to go right in. Oh, look at what Ben's. Look at these porn sites that Ben has been visiting. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, I do have another question uh, in regards to uh, Lori Leak. But, oh, and that question will be true or false. Lori Lightfoot will be a one-term mayor. But before I ask that, Let's read the following from the Chicago Tribune and John Byrne, which, by the way, uh, leaked emails also revealed an email sent from the mayor to the Chicago Tribune canceling her subscription. 
<laughs> I did not know about that until uh, after I had the Gregory Pratt uh, interview yesterday. I'm sure it was some Gregory Pratt story that really irritated her. <laughs> oh, I believe Lord. that was back in September when uh, that happened. Yeah, I think it was a Gregory Pratt story. I love that. It, she was so mad. You know, can I just say something to you, Mayor Lightfoot? I'm going to give you some advice. And I'm older than you, so I can give you advice. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm actually older than the mayor of Chicago. Isn't that wild, Dave? To be older than the mayor of Chicago? That's like old. Yes, it when is. I, when I was a kid, Richard J. Daly was like ancient from my perspective. And so I always thought that no matter what, I would be younger than the mayor of Chicago. Now here I am older than the mayor. I was older than the last mayor of Chicago. Uh, take a chill pill, man. And uh, <laughs> that was my ROM invitation. I'm smart. You're not. Take a chill pill, man. Oh, thank you. Uh, did you go for that bike ride, Rom? Uh, oh, oh, Michigan. Um, where was I? I forgot yeah, where geez. I was with this. Oh, I can't remember where I was. Well, I tell you what. We'll talk about this uh, piece here oh. from John Byrne in the Chicago Tribune. Oh, no. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you. I'm just going to say, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, I share it. I share that feeling. I will read a Tribune editorial or I will read. Yes, I read a confession. I'm the only guy in Chicago who reads Johnny Cash. That's Cass, Ben, not Cash. And I'll go, God damn it, this blank Tribune. And I throw it down. I'm canceling my subscription. And then I never cancel it because, you know, it's like I said yesterday. There's other stuff in the Tribune. They get a great sports section. Gregory Pratt does great work. Michael Hawthorne does great work. Rick Klupski is funny as hell. Dowling Glanton, you know, she's got a lot of guts. I like, you know, right? You know, so they got Cass. Uh, I eat red meat. <laughs> and then the editorial board is so weird. Oh, my God. What we need in Chicago is a devastating hurricane that eradicates public education. Then we could start anew. They actually advocated that once, D. That was a good idea. Let's just have a devastating hurricane. Anyway, so Mayor Lori Lightfoot, I can understand that at times you might see something in the Tribune that really grinds your gears. But I don't know. Cancel the whole subscription? That'd be like me canceling a subscription to the Tribune because of a John Cass column. You ain't got to balance it out, right? What if it were a John Cass column about you specifically? Johnny, oh, my God, I want him to write. I want Maggie to embrace me. That radical hippie <laughs> in his attic. Anyway, so, Lori, I, I don't know. Lori Lightfoot, we need the Chicago Tribune. Don't cancel your subscription. And thanks okay. to the Chicago Tribune and John Byrne, we learned that a poll on Mayor Lightfoot's <laughs> job performance was recently conducted. And breaking news, <laughs> Chicago approves. <laughs> the poll was conducted by Change Research on behalf of Cloud Kitchens. Cloud Kitchens is a Los Angeles-based ghost kitchen company started by the former CEO of Uber. And boy, if you just could have heard the conversation between Ben Jarofsky and I when I had to tell him what a ghost kitchen was. 
A ghost kitchen is where they rent out kitchen space to restaurants to prepare uh, to prepare food that can be delivered to customers by third party drivers. Uh, this is an idea that has taken off during the coronavirus pandemic. The online poll was conducted May 7th through the 11th and surveyed 454 people who identified themselves as Chicago residents. Uh, it sought to figure out uh, it, its initial goal was to figure out where voting age Chicagoans stand on Alderman Matt Martin, Ben's Alderman, on Alderman Matt Martin's handling of a dispute over the ghost kitchen. More on the politics of ghost kitchens in moments. <laughs> but let's get back to the mayor, because this poll also asked respondents how they rate Lightfoot's overall performance. And. <laughs> With 53% saying they either strongly approved or somewhat approved of the job Mayor Lightfoot is doing. Lightfoot did best among respondents age 65 and older. 64% of them approved of the job she's done. It says here 70% of black respondents approved of her performance. And according to the poll, 41% of Latinos surveyed and 50% of whites said they approved of her performance. 52% of respondents said they approved of the job Lightfoot has done on economic development. 55%, they didn't talk to Ben, by the way, on this uh, survey. Uh, 55% said they like what she's doing uh, to help small businesses during the pandemic. And 53% approved of her performance on racial equity. All right, Ben, now that you've heard the opinion of 454 people who live in a city of 3 million. I pose the question to you. <laughs> Will Mayor Lightfoot be a one-term mayor? No. And I will. Can I now explain my answer? Go ahead. Thank you, sir. Um, so my answer is obviously uh, based on the notion that she will run for re-election. Okay. That she doesn't say... Uh, or she doesn't uh, reveal that J-Mall Green was correct with that tweet. Just got to just gotta needle you a little bit, J-Mall, with that tweet. Heck of a tweet. Um, <clears throat> that she will run for re-election. Here's my thing. It's It's got nothing to do with Lori Lightfoot's performance on any of those issues, substantive issues that that poll allegedly uh, surveyed. And it has to do with her personality and the way she goes about life. And she was born for this job, the... And I say this as sort of an indictment of the people that I share this lovely city with. Chicagoans have this really bizarre affinity for temperamental, bossy, kind of nasty, patronizing, condescending, bully-like mayors. Their attitude, a Chicagoan's attitude, if the mayor's mad at somebody other than me, of course, he or she must be doing his or her job, and I like them. Because you got to be mean and nasty. And Chicagoans kind of view the world as like this horrific slush pile where just like mean monsters are coming out of the garbage. And it's like to keep them at bay, we need a real mean mayor. This has been sort of the governing philosophy of Chicagoans going back to mayor. The last n nice guy mayor we had was Harold Washington. <laughs> the city was an open rebellion against him. Of course, it was all racial. All the white guys were an open rebellion. So when Harold died in office, Chicago said, enough of that. 
We need a tough, mean, nasty mayor. So Richard M. Daly, get all red in the face, yell at people, fire people, dispatch people. To, like if you said something that he didn't like, they move you all across the city. That's how you deal with people. Uh, I'm a Chicagoan. Got to be tough, Ben. Just as long as you're not tough on me. And Ron was the same way, one of the meanest, meanest, nasty guys. So, yes, Chicagoans, first of all, the only 35% of Chicago votes in an election. Like, wow, election was up this year, 36%. I mean, that's pretty pathetic in and of itself. So, I I did an interview with uh, uh, Sakabati, uh, an economist, real smart guy. It's airing on Sunday. And it has to do, it's a bonus, uh, we're dropping over the weekend, and it has to do with city finances and the fact that lefties in this town want the mayor to take a strong stand against Chase and other banks uh, and say, no, I'm not going to pay your, uh, your interest fees. Be like Donald John Trump. I don't want to pay it. <laughs> Make the banks deal with you, said the other way around. Uh, and, of course, she's resisting any attempt on their uh, part to limit uh, how she spends a COVID relief money. She wants to spend it uh, paying back the banks. Chicagoans, it's like the people that would be really open-minded to the suggestions that Sakab and his lefty allies are making are the people who don't vote. And the people who do vote are like the ones who say, yes, the banks must get their money back. So D, when you ask me, will she be a one-term mayor? No. I think Chicagoans love her. I like her. She's tough. Remember the, the thing about the car? I'm going to take your car. Chicagoans like that, D. She was no... When was she most popular? When she kicked everybody out of the parks. Remember that, D? That, that was the zenith. Oh, yeah. That's how you deal with Chicagoans. You kick them out of the parks. So, D, no. My reading of Chicagoans... They love a mayor that's mean and nasty to people other than themselves. She will be elected. You watch it, D, and you'll go, my God, Ben, you're brilliant. (laughs) 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 Those words coming out of Dennis's, Ben, your insights are just unbelievable. You're clairvoyant. So, yes, to answer your question, I believe she'll be reelected if she runs. All right, now quickly back to Ghost Kitchens, the location of Cloud Kitchen north of Irving Park Road in Matt Martin's 47th Ward has drawn the ire of neighbors upset about heavy delivery traffic and parking problems since it opened in early 2020. According to the poll, 77% of Chicagoans think that it's very important for the city council and Lightfoot to help restaurants survive the pandemic. And 53% think that ghost kitchens that allow restaurants to lease space to prepare food exclusively to be taken out should be treated the same way by the city as other restaurants. Just 14% of respondents agreed that customers should be prohibited from picking up takeout orders themselves at ghost kitchens. Uh, The poll characterizes Martin as trying to ban ghost kitchens because of traffic and parking problems which Martin has denied. He said he is trying to work out a way for the Rockwell location to coexist with families and nearby businesses upset by the heavy volume of delivery pickups. I don't know, man. You know what? I have a confession to make, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever I see the, the, I told us the D, the phrase ghost kitchen in a headline, it's sort of like the headline about that 
rehabs TV show in Bucktown. Yeah, I see it all the time in the paper. Yeah, it's always sometimes. Sometimes I love you, bright one. But okay, see Lori here, Lori Lightfoot. I hope you're paying attention. I will now criticize you sometimes without threatening to cancel my subscription. That's how you do it. So I think the sometimes is a little over the top with his coverage of that rehab show. I don't even know the name of it. I just see it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Sometimes you're not writing another story about this. This is really embarrassing. And then, but the sometimes they must have do surveys, D, and they must count. Oh my God. Anytime you, okay. And you ask me why I think Lori Lightfoot will be reelected. Anytime you write a story about a celebrity in Chicago, Chicagoans are so excited. Whoa, my life has meaning because there's a celebrity. And the bar for what is a celebrity is so low that if you have any kind of reality TV show, you're a celebrity. So whoever has the rehab show, and I don't even know what the rehab show is because I never read the articles. I go, uh oh, (laughs) oh no, another article about the rehab show. But Dennis, you know what I'm talking about. There must be one, I want to say one a week, but maybe it's more like two a month, just whenever I see it. Successive. The rehab show gets more coverage than that damn alligator. Nobody's <laughs> been writing about the alligator. Like, <laughs> I want more alligator stories. So, you know, you got to want some folks back to the other question. A city that loves stories about any celebrity, no matter how minor they are, uh, you don't really want to put them in charge of electing the mayor. You know what I'm saying, D? I don't. What do I? What yeah, do I? I feel you. Ghost Kitchen's the same way. Like, oh, God. Can't we just have, like, a real kitchen? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know. I'm a baby boomer. Like, if a restaurant's like, like a secret restaurant that's owned by the restaurant, but they're trying to duck the city's oversight laws. You know what I'm saying? They, like... Most restaurants that are subjected to inspections and stuff are ghost kitchens. Dennis, you know a lot about ghost kitchens. Yeah, actually, I do. Mariah Carey has a ghost kitchen. She, I did not know. see. That's the kind of thing that the bright one would be all over. Come on, let's get more coverage of Mariah. Wait, hold it. Cookies. Mariah Carey's ghost ghost kitchen in the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. She does Mariah's cookies. I believe it's in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You made that up. Oh, I swear. I'm always the last to know anything. Let's edit this out, D, so okay. people will. Absolutely. Anyway, so the whole ghost, the whole poll was, I was a little suspect about the poll, D. I'm just like, hmm, this poll looks like some kind of promotional deal for right. a ghost kitchen. We asked 454 people who came out of a Whole Foods on the north side. Hey, but you know. <laughs> I will say this. Northsiders love Lori Lightfoot. I don't care what that poll says. Whenever I say something mean about Lori Lightfoot, Northsiders, you know, Ben, she's a very difficult job, which is what they told me about Ron Ben. He inherited a lot of problems. Oh, yes. Who did he inherit it from? Oh, the previous mayor, Richard M. Daly. Oh, really? Who did you vote for? Oh, Richard M. Daly. Did you ever vote for anybody other than Richard M. Daly? Oh, no. I'm a Northsider. Things are going well for me. So, in other words, Ron inherited problems created by the man you voted for five times. Now, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, Ben, uh, she inherited problems from the previous mayor. And who would that previous mayor be? Uh, Rahm Emanuel. And did you vote for him? Yes, I voted for him twice. He was a great mayor. I would vote for him again. <laughs> Even though he left a legacy of problems that you are now absolving Lori Lightfoot of any responsibility for doing. Oh, that's correct. I'm a Northsider, and this is how I view the world. So, D, uh, I believe uh, she's very popular on the Northside of Chicago. I, you know? I don't know. South side vote, West side vote. 
most uh, black aldermen, very cynical bunch. They told me, they told me, off the record conversations, I was predicting, boldly predicting that uh, the black boy would go against Rahm in 2015. And they were like, <laughs> you silly hippie. We're going to have the red line. We'll be redone. Rom will own the South Side. Well, that's what they said to me, D. I didn't say it. <laughs> you know, and look what happened. Mayor Rom was reelected. So, D, I, I'm not, look, I'm not surprised if a real legitimate poll showed that Lori Lightfoot was favorably viewed by Chicagoans. I'm not sure this poll falls yeah. under that category. I don't think that, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I don't think this poll really falls under. You know, I noted that the only one who reported it was the Tribune. No, I'm not reporting that poll. You know, it's you know what's interesting, D. You know what's interesting? Lori Lightfoot offering up lectures to journalists in the city of Chicago. Don't just report on these hacked emails. They may be fabricated. I haven't heard her say one word about that freaking poll. And poll stores are doing well. You ever see, did you hear her have a press conference? I would be uh, very wary about a poll that was put out by a business group that's looking to get uh, some kind of favorable review from the city that uh, says I'm doing great. <laughs> you know, hmm, do you ever think it might be released to butter her up a little bit? Just saying. I haven't heard her lecture on uh, the, the reporters of Chicago about not reporting on the poll. So, Dee, I wouldn't be surprised if she has a favorable rating in a real poll, but I'm a little dubious about this poll. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Oh, thank you, random hipster. That was like five <laughs> minutes ago when he talked about the alligator, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> random. Uh, the alligator story. Ah, memories. Well, now there's a cat story. I know you wanted mm. to talk about that, right? Can I just briefly talk about the cat story, D? Sure. I love this story. And somehow or other, it did, Dennis didn't pick up on it. Dennis is really good on animal stories. By the way, there were, I'm not making this up, D. There was a disc jockey in Chicago years ago. He had a bit called Animal Stories, and he would. And this is this is really ancient history, Larry Lujak. Ancient history. Baby boomers are like, yeah, I love Larry Lujak. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> listeners are like, huh? Can we stick with the year 2021? <laughs> in the year 2020. But uh, anyway, this cat, man, I'm not a huge cat guy, but this story was unbelievable. I said it to Dennis. Dennis, did you see this? There was a fire. At a, um, a high rise uh, somewhere in Chicago, I think in Englewood, and there was a cat on the fifth floor, and they were video, uh, they were they were filming it, and the cat was like looking like the fire was behind them or her, I don't know what gender the cat was. The cat would look down, fire. Then the cat said, "Ah, hell with this," and jumped out. And the picture in the bright one, my beloved bright one, home delivered every day, has the cat flying through the air. It's the coolest picture in the world. Cat falls five stories, ladies and gentlemen, and lives to tell a tale. Yes, we'll have an exclusive in Black Club, an interview with the cat <laughs> and the alligator. Just kidding. Uh, but uh, I just love that story. It was, the, you know, there's been so much depressing news. Speaking of which, I took the deep dive with David Ferris. It drops tomorrow about uh, the war 
in the Middle East, speaking of really horrific, depressing news. Uh, there's been so much depressing news in the world these days that I just really enjoyed the story about the cat that it fell five stories, hit the ground, went under a car, hung out under the car for, I don't know, a couple minutes uh, for a while. I can't remember how long it was under the car and then said, you yeah, I'm OK. And then just walked away like, what's the big deal? Love the cat story, D. Yeah, great Love. story. I mean, never mind the building and, you know, the people who, yeah, who they, you know, but hey, that, that cat was valid point. All right. From ghost kitchens to block parties. Hey, no one said being an alderman was easy. It's time for a quick episode of everyone's favorite Chicago political soap opera. It's season two, episode 30 <laughs> of a mayor and her alderman. to be a good neighbor you have to be a good neighbor otherwise i'm going to be up your butt every day and today's episode is starring that man you just heard right there yeah he's going to be up your butt all day you have to be a good neighbor alderman tom tunney been of what board come on come on four four the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran, the woe man's film. And by the way, that was right. 44th war. A frustrated alderman, Tom Tunney, said Thursday, it's, quote, freaking almost summer. <laughs> He's, Come on, Tommy. Drop the app. Let it out. Let it out. And there's been, quote, no guidance from the city on whether or not block parties will be allowed and if so under what capacity mask wearing and social distancing limits i mean you have to be a good neighbor you have to be a good neighbor <laughs> tunny the sultan of cinnamon is one of mayor Lori lightfoot's closest city council allies and chairman of the city council's zoning committee and he also owns the Aunt sather's breakfast restaurants Tunney aired his frustrations at the tail end of a meeting of the Committee on Special Events, Cultural Affairs, and Recreation. With officials from the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events in virtual attendance, Tunney demanded to know why there have been no health guidelines released, no applications processed, and no block party permits issued with just over two weeks to go before Memorial Day. Tunney said, quote, it takes a good four to six weeks to organize your block. Who's bringing this and who's bringing that? Someone, sometimes there's a little bit of entertainment. Sometimes the jumping jack is there. It's a very important event on a block by block basis. We want to have our act together. <laughs> we, we can't do it without City Hall and without the health department. It's high time they put some rules together and get the ball rolling and get people excited about being able to be outdoors in the summer in a safe way. These are what keeps neighborhoods strong. These kinds of smaller parties. He didn't get a straight answer from officials on the call from special events uh, because, well, he sounded like he was acting like a madman. But <laughs> You have to be a good neighbor. Ann Hickey, director of program development, and Ann Davis, contract administrator, told Tunney they were, quote, not the decision makers. Block party permits are handled by the Chicago Department of Transportation. And besides, final sign-off needs to come from Health Commissioner Dr. Allison R. Wadi. Wow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know uh, why... Not just, well, why Tom Tunney in particular will never be defeated. This is a case. This is a, a evidence. And a lot of aldermen are this way. 
You see, what Tom Tunney has mastered, and I give him credit for this. Well, first of all, Tom Tunney has been blessed by having the absolute worst of enemies, the Ricketts, who own the Cubs. <laughs> Nobody likes the Ricketts. I don't even think the Ricketts like the Ricketts. And so they've been battling with Tom Tunney. Uh, I've written about this for a reader. The best, the, the luckiest alderman in the city of Chicago to have such an obnoxious opponent. And so, like, oh, I hate the Ricketts. They don't like Tunney. I'm voting for Tunney. So that helps. But the other thing with, with Tunney is mastered. He's like, you know, it doesn't take a lot to win over Chicago voters. And in his time, Tom Tunney, who was appointed originally by Richard M. Daly, has voted for every dumb idea Daly and Rom came up with, including the parking meter deal that you hate Chicago. But all he has to do to get 44th Ward residents to completely forget things like the block, uh, like the parking meter deal is to take a strong stand for block parties. Like, we were just taught, it seems like Northsiders are on the agenda, D. Northsiders don't ask for much. They don't. Can we just have a block party? And I could just hear them. I could just hear their voices. Ben, a block party. The kids love it. The jumping jacks. The hot dogs grilling. I can't stand block. I'm going to put it out there, folks. Oh, they're going to kick me out of Chicago again, D. But I can't stand block parties. You know, you're riding your bike. or whatever. Oh, God, this street's blocked off. Or if you go through the block party, hey, there's a block party going on here, okay? And it's like, there's something about it. It's like this, just like, I don't know. Everybody is just so content with their life. Ah, oh, got the good life with my block party and my neighbors. I don't know, Dave. Maybe I'm just an old, cynical baby boomer. Yeah, you are. Uh, now, <laughs> old neighbors or neighbors of Ben Jarofsky, if you're listening, yeah. So don't go, don't go to the Jarofsky household asking to get that block party going. I guess for whatever is w- worth, for some reason, my block has never had a block party. Thank you. But there's a block just down the street. They love block. They might have three of them a year. <laughs> they're always having block parties, and they're out there. Hey, everybody, we're having the block party. And then they have the karaoke machine. Everyone's having fun. I should stop being so jaded, D. Yeah. God dang. You were doing well in the beginning of this. And we're just uh, right back to so, but, cynicism, Bill, here. Uh, yeah, I just like that attitude I have. You know, I don't know. I just, I don't fit in here in this city. So people have their block parties and the mayor, the alderman bends over backwards to get them their block party permit. They're happy. They love him. They'll vote for him no matter what he does. You know, and uh, and of course, I would be remiss if I didn't remind everybody uh, that, uh, as Dennis pointed out, yes, Tom Tunney uh, owns Ann Sather's restaurant. And that was the site of the cinnamon roll speakeasy, if you recall, at the height pandemic when all Democrats were urging constituents in the state of Illinois to follow J.B. Pritzker's advice. Six feet apart, social distancing, wear masks, no gathering inside inside for restaurants. I'm telling you somehow or other, I guess he just wasn't reading the newspaper that day, D. Had a cinnamon roll speakeasy. You show up. What's the password? Cinnamon roll. You're in. Get to come in and eat a cinnamon roll. But you know what? They love them in the 44th Ward. They don't. Ben, stop going on and on about the cinnamon roll speakeasy, okay? 
he he's standing up for us to have block parties. That's Chicago. You don't have to do much. You ask me, do I think Mayor Lori Lightfoot will get real? I'll tell you what, Richard M. Daly, D, this is he was the master. He wouldn't, he would, he would have a, like a press conference. I think it's I think the black parties. You gotta have the black parties. And he would make it seem like heads had rolled at City Hall. You know, somebody had been like transferred to Siberia because the black party permits are slow. I can't, I'm gonna take care of the black. And then the North Siders would be, oh, thank you, Mayor Daly. That's all it took. So, uh, yes. You want to know why aldermen get reelected year after year after year? It's the little things that matter the most in the city of Chicago. Tunney responded saying, quote, we need to stop passing the buck and pointing fingers at each other. Let's go. Let's get it done. Okay, we're done reading this. We get it. You're crazy. So that was season two, episode 30 of a mayor and her alderman. On to episode 31. Starring alderman David Moore. Ben of what ward? Come on, 17th. He'll be a guest on the show next week, D. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's running for Secretary of State. He'll be guest on the show. Now, for those who didn't know, yes, as Ben mentioned, our long, 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 long time Secretary of State, Jesse White, is not seeking re-election. And quite a few left-leaning Illinois political figures are looking to take his place. Alderman David Moore is one of those Illinois political figures. And, you know, maybe he didn't get the memo on the ins and outs of how to campaign for this new gig. Uh, We're going to WTTW and Heather Sharon for this one. The Chicago Board of Ethics warned Alderman David Moore of the 17th Ward not to use his aldermanic Facebook page to promote his campaign for Secretary of State. Uh, Ethics Board Deputy Director Lisa Eilers warned Moore that if he did not separate his activity on social media as alderman of the West Side from his political efforts to win statewide office by the end of the day on Monday, he could face, quote, enforcement and fines. Moore posted the first page of the letter he received to his non-official Facebook page two days after he launched his campaign to replace Secretary of State Jesse White and invited his friends and followers there to, quote, like another Facebook page. Uh, (laughs) This one with his official title to continue receiving important city-related information. Ben, your thoughts? Well, you know, I like David Moore, so... Everybody's going to go, Ben, it shouldn't be about who you like. It should be the rules. Okay. So, okay. He took it down. I actually, I want him on the show to talk about the drive. That's really what's grinding my gears at the time. His, his effort to try to get them to the city to rename Lakeshore drive. Um, but uh, yeah, I just like it. I always laugh when the Board of Ethics, uh, <laughs> they somehow want to look the other way. Tiff deals. They're cracking down on these aldermen. Hmm. Do not use your official Facebook page to promote your Secretary of State campaign. So, you know, good for them, D. We need more. We need better ethical enforcement in the city of Chicago. So. There you go. Moore is not the first alderman to run afoul of the board rules, prohibiting city leaders from using city resources for non-official purposes. And, well, in his defense, he is coming from the Chicago City Council, where his colleagues shake down Burger Kings and call each other assholes and shitheads all day. So this really doesn't seem that bad, all things considering. I want an answer. Is that something you ignore? I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think... 
And there, and there it was. Raylo. <laughs> Season two, episode 30 and 31, a twofer of a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. <laughs> How did you go from sharing stories over the years <laughs> to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. <laughs> See, ladies and that's what See Gregory Pratt? See Tom Shuba? That's why you take journalistic advice from Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Because as Secretary of State Hillary Clinton said, that's a good question. That's how you ask a question, Gregory Pratt. Now take notes and learn. By the way, excellent point you made. Some where was the Board of Ethics all those years when Ed Burke, chairman of the Finance Committee, was running a property tax appeal business? I, that is a great question. Well, they're very vigilant when it comes to David Moore's Facebook page. Why well, you can't get away with that? <laughs> I see nothing. You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Burke, uh, chair of the finance committee, uh, has is the oversees every single contract that's approved by the Chicago City Council. Every single TIF deal, I'm talking you know, millions and millions of dollars, is also running a property tax appeal business. And some of the people who are his clients have to come to the city for approval. Oh, we see nothing. We see nothing. <laughs> well, once again, let's thank Danny Solis for wearing the wire. He, can, he never gets any love. Danny Solis, a former alderman of the 25th War. The man wore the wire that brought down Ed Burke. You could argue, all you Northsiders who love Lori Lightfoot, and there are many of you out there, you could argue that she would not be mayor of the city of Chicago right now had Danny Solis not worn that wire and gather the information that the feds needed to prosecute or indict Ed Burke. So Northsiders, when you go to Ann Sather's tonight, when you go to Starbucks, when you go to Whole Foods, wherever you love to gather, whatever, when you have your black party and you watch your kids jump up, to, jump up and down on the jumping jacks or whatever those things are called, say to yourself, ah, what a great city Chicago is, what a great mayor we have. We thank you, Danny Solis, for wearing the wire. Because Chicagoans were like, oh, my God. Wait a minute. It Burke is shaking down business people to force them to essentially twist their arms into hiring them. This is outrageous. And I'm going to vote for Lori Lightfoot because she had nothing to do with Ed Burke. And that's how she got elected mayor. I didn't make it up. Right? That's how it went down. So I think uh, we should name a... I'm going to ask David Moore, should we name like a park after Danny Solis an appreciation? <laughs> I mean, I don't think we should name Lakeshore Drive for Danny Solis, but like, I don't know, like an honorary street sign or something. Yeah, like a river walk or something. Yeah. Oh, the Danny Solis river walk, you know, something to honor him for his service to the city of Chicago without him, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Burke would still be the all powerful Ed Burke in the city council. And I don't know who would be mayor. It wasn't for Ed Burke. It could have been Bill Daly. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. What Chicago needs is another Daly. All right, everybody. Enough Ed Burke and enough city news. Let's end it out with some statewide news. A pretty good week for our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. Springtime. Love it. Yes. He loves to spring. Don't believe me? Well, consider these facts. Dude, we believe you. <laughs> hey, good news, everybody. 
We're finally on the road back to normal. Governor J.B. Pritzker announced that we are officially in the bridge phase of this damn dirty coronavirus pandemic. With more vaccinations and less positive COVID-19 results, the state of Illinois is starting to reopen. And if all goes well, we may be even on our way to phase five of Governor Pritzker's five-phase strategy to safely reopen Illinois. Let's begin with phase one. The capacity limits have increased over time. We got to phase four. It's about 50% in many of the crowded kind of locations, right? Retail or bars and restaurants and so on. This will increase for many of them to 60%, but also weddings will increase in the number of people, other kinds of outdoor gatherings and so on. And hopefully uh, 28 days later, we'll be able to move into uh, the phase five, which of course will be, uh, you know, open everything without capacity limits. Well, uh, Darren Bailey right now is saying, told you, <laughs> I don't know, the COVID. I took it very seriously. I took the pandemic very seriously. I wore my mask dutifully. I hit out. I was afraid of that virus. I admit it. Now, not everybody shared my fear of the virus, and we're emerging uh, from the pandemic. Obviously, the CDC said you don't, if you've been uh, immunized, you don't have to wear your mask indoors. That caught everybody by surprise, D, you know, because we're still sort of in the look out, be careful phase of existence. Uh, and now suddenly it's like, we take the mask off. He also, so, he, he also, like, the, oh, go ahead. No, there was a fight, a boxing match. Oh my God. My listeners were like, what boxing sports, but there was a boxing match in Texas last weekend, 70,000 plus people. D, I don't know if you saw that. I was following it. Wow. Yeah. 70,000. I don't think a lot of them were wearing masks. So it like varies state to state. And uh, the politics of the pandemic are just so, but Joe Rogan, I said this to D already in the show, Joe Rogan podcaster. I'm a little irritated at Joe Rogan these days, even though I'm like an awe and envy of him. He's got like how many listeners and whatever got, mystique he had there, uh, it's gone now in the Spotify days. It seems like that's yeah, whatever I, it was. I, I'm with you on that. He's, I don't think he's as good on Spotify. Something happened. They moved down to Austin. Now he lives in, he lives like, not, okay, he lives in the, like the hippest area of Texas, D. I mean, like go to red state part of it. No, I want to be with the hipsters. Uh, anyway, uh, Joe Rogan said, I mean, Joe Rogan, like a year ago, was like, it's just old people dying. What's the big deal? And I think that's kind of how most Americans D thought of the COVID. You know what I mean? It's like if you're people, millennials, it's not going to kill me. I just believe that's just like what people like J.B. Pritzker have been dealing with, that kind of mentality. So we're finally emerging from it. Uh, last night, I think I told you this, Dennis, I went out with a couple friends to a restaurant. How about that, huh? Went for a bike ride, went to a restaurant at Chicken Wings. How about that, huh? Went to Chili's. Oh, I want my baby bag, baby bag, baby bag. <laughs> Love those chicken wings. Anyway, so, um, yeah, finally, JB, like, got that, the CDC issued that ruling. Oh, okay. Let's hurry it up. <laughs> no reason to take the hits from DB and the rest of the MAGA anymore. We, let's just let it open. You know, you ever get the feeling that Prince Girl all along was going, just let's open it up. I can't take another one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let all these MAGA people get COVID. I don't care. Now, but you had that thought. 
Pritzker also announced that both the Chicago Cubs and White Sox will be increasing fan capacity later this month. We worked with both the the Sox and the Cubs uh, to, uh, and of course the city of Chicago as well, uh, to make sure that at the next home games, uh, they'll create a section in each of those ballparks for those who've been vaccinated. It'll allow the higher capacity, the, the teams can fill all of those seats. Who you got, Governor? Cubs or Sox? This not only allows the, the stadiums to increase capacity, but it okay. also encourages people right. to get vaccinated because there'll be more seats available to them. Um, and that, to us, is a big win-win. Oh, another duck and dodge, I see. <laughs> By the way, how are they going to know if someone's been vaccinated? The people go, well, Ben, you got these vax passes. Yeah, I mean, like... I- <laughs> I'm sure you can manufacture those things. You know, it's, it's, it's not like they're passports, you know, sanctioned by the United States government. So I don't, I don't know how you're going to, I'm listen to you. I'm really excited about the white sex. Just on a tangent here. They've won six in a row. They're looking good. All these uh, people who are prejudiced against old people are all down on their manager, Tony La Russa. Somehow, right? He's 60, 70, 70 or 76. People, oh, he's too old to manage. I took, I was kind of sensitive about that, you know, because I'm, I'm moving up there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of like, hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with a 77 year old managing. And by, a lot of the guys criticizing were 55 or 50 year old columnists. What do you guys think? You're spring chickens? <laughs> um, so anyway, that was a tangent. Go White Sox. Very excited about the White Sox. Yeah, but I just want to point out. 73,000 people watched that boxing match at a stadium in Texas and here in Illinois. Well, you know, we're, we're going to have, we're, we're going slow here. By the way, you notice how he said, and the city of Chicago made a point. Uh, we've been working with the White Sox and the Cubs and the city of Chicago. Yeah. They have Lori life would be on the phone. I run this city. So I'm glad we're opening up to you. A great mayor Lightfoot impression, by the way, <laughs> that was pretty good. They got to say, Thank you. I'm working on my invitations. Here's my JD. Hey, more good news, though. Pritzker is also planning to revise his executive orders related to face masks. Face coverings. Or face coverings. <laughs> allowing fully vaccinated people to safely stop wearing masks outdoors and in the majority of indoor settings. The new CDC guidance, which was announced Thursday afternoon, still calls for wearing masks in crowded indoor settings, such as buses, planes, hospitals, prisons, and homeless shelters. But it could help clear the way for a reopening of workplaces, schools, and other indoor venues. The Updated guidelines remove the need for masks or social distancing for those who are fully vaccinated and would also allow them to go without a mask in crowds outdoors. And finally, you know, a little uh, incentive for a guy like me to maybe get the shot. Free Six Flags tickets for people (laughs) who are fully vaccinated. With the recent announcement that the Pfizer vaccine can be safely given to middle and high schoolers as young as 12 years old, Six Flags' generous commitment couldn't come at a better time for families looking for a fun summer activity. There are an awful lot of people out there that just haven't had time or they haven't had a you know that extra little push to go get it done. And we're so far along. We have more than 60% of our uh, adult population vaccinated. Uh, there are lots of people who are just on the fence a little bit, and this will push them, I think, in the right direction. Well, you got me pal <laughs> yeah, that's funny man like if you're on the fence 
The deciding factor, I do not believe, is six flag, six flag tickets. Or like the bar downstate, a shot for a shot. In other words, you get the shot, they give you a free shot. I don't think that's the, I don't Maybe if you get a guy here, I told you, D, my idea. Get everybody who hasn't uh, had the vaccine, put them in a bar, get them so drunk they don't know what they're doing, and just give them the shot. Oh, here, my God. That sounds one. illegal. <laughs> it's very oh. illegal, that sounds like. Here you go. You just give them the shot. I don't know. I, I've not understood the anti, anti-vaxxers. I know a lot of them. A lot in my life. In fact, I was just having chicken wings with one last night. And his position is that he's waiting to see if people like me drop dead <laughs> from the vaccine. I'm like, okay, like I, you're the scientist and I'm the guinea pig, huh? Yep. Well, so far, so good, D. I'm still ticking. So good, um, good. I was going to ask you. I meant to ask you about that. <laughs> good. Still ticking. Maybe Benny, my, his name is Benny too. My dear friend, Benny, uh, maybe in a month, if I'm still, we're all going to a White Sox game day next month. We are making that plan. We're going to ride our bikes down there. We're so excited about it. And uh, so if I'm still alive for that White Sox game in a month, I think Benny has to get a shot. How about that, D? Okay. I'm feeling it. And Ben, can I finally make those reservations for Red Lobster? Finally get a, a show meeting and talk about some stuff in the show. Can we do that? Finally? Yes. Do I, do I owe you? Didn't I lose a bet to you? I have a memory of having you got some a trivia question right, and I said I would buy you a steak. And oh, I think it was uh, about Coldplay or something. Yeah, you knew you knew the name of Chris Martin's son, daughter Apple. Oh, it's a daughter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry about that. The son is Moses. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other thing we from this week earlier this week. Little riff I went on earlier this week. All right, and we got one more story here. And boy, I tell you, it may be uh, the longest wait for a follow-up in Ben Jarofsky show history. Your 2020 Illinois general election results. Holy shit, yes, from November of 2020, the general election, all was said and done except one race. It was in the 14th Congressional District, and it was between Lauren Underwood, the incumbent, and the ice cream man, Jim Oberweiss. Well, here we are, May 2021, and the U.S. House of Representatives have voted to officially, officially dismiss Jim Oberweiss's 2020 election contest filed in early January after Congresswoman Lauren Underwood was sworn into the 117th Congress. Underwood campaign spokesperson Jordan Troy issued the following statement in response. Quote, earlier this afternoon, the House of Representatives voted to dismiss Jim Overweiss official election contest against Congresswoman Lauren Underwood For the past six months, he has taken the attention away from the issues affecting our communities by wasting taxpayer resources with his political theater. And while this chapter may finally be over, many members of the Republican Party still continue to question the merits of our democratic process by undermining our free and fair elections. With this election contest behind us, Lauren will continue to prioritize the residents of the 14th Congressional District by bringing home the resources our 
our hardworking families and businesses need to fully recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank God this election is finally over. Yeah. Uh, and uh, no, I, I have to say this. I've been thinking a lot about this. Uh, Jim Oberice was, of course, was following uh, uh, the playbook uh, created by Donald Trump. And what Donald Trump has done, uh, the rules that he's written in that playbook are evil. They're underhanded. They're sinister. They're cynical. They're diabolical. Uh, and they're anti-democratic. On the other hand, they're also pretty brilliant. And that official tactic that Republicans follow in elections is they never concede. They've, their position is that if they win, then all is well with our election, the sanctity of our elections. But if they lose, there must have been cheating going on. Must have been deceit, and we have to change the rules and the laws. And that's the official policy of Donald Trump, even though we have a recording of Donald Trump on the phone with the Secretary of State of Georgia saying, just find me the 11,000 votes I need to defeat Joe Biden, just find them, throw out the Biden votes, whatever. Even though he freaking says it, cheat on my behalf. Republicans, that's their position. And so Oberweiss D was just following the Trump playbook. Declare yourself the victor, say the election was fraudulent, and fight like hell, and hope you can find some corrupt judge to rule in your favor. Well, it didn't work for Trump in the presidential election. It didn't work for Oberweiss uh, in this congressional election. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, Monroe Anderson was talking about it on Wednesday. You better be vigilant because this tactic's not going anywhere. It'll be at play in the upcoming midterm elections for Congress and Senate, and governor. So this is a new tactic of the Republican Party. That's why they kicked Lynn, Lynn Cheney out. She said she's not going to play along with it, so they kicked her out. So, D, this is... Look, Oberweiss is not the smartest guy in the world, but he he saw Trump was up to something. Work for Trump. Let me try it. That's what we said. By the way, I don't even know. I wonder where Oberweiss is going to run, where he'll run again. He's run for a lot of different offices, D, and they're going to redistrict uh, in 2022. So the 14th Congressional won't look the way it does now, and the Democrats are doing the redistrict. By the way, Mark Brown, finding his inner Ben Jarofsky, Mark Brown, Sometimes a political columnist wrote a column today saying, forget fair mapping. God bless him. I think he's the first uh, columnist in a mainstream paper who <laughs> said, forget it. It's a scam perpetrated by the Republicans. Tip of the hat to you, Mark Brown, uh, for um, writing that column. They're going to take away your mainstream media pass and you'll be stuck in an attic overlooking an alley. <laughs> Anyway. Well, you brought up uh, Oberweiss and his future plans. Uh, I don't know. He is the milkman, or as uh, Brianna called him on the live stream chat, a milk dud. But <laughs> I have an idea. Perhaps maybe he can help out that gubernatorial campaign of one man cow. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you said milkman for a second, I thought of Carl Malone, but he's the mailman. The mailman. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Maybe uh, I forgot about man cow. Yeah, we, he was not in our rundown. We've left him out of our rundown. The other day we did a rundown of gubernatorial candidates, and I humbly apologize to the cow campaign. 
yeah, no pun intended, but I think we really milked that story when it came out because uh, it was barely a story. And we're like, oh, man, cow's running. Is he a man, a cow? I don't know. And it's, ever since then, we've just kind of put him in in the in the run, you know. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. 1920. <laughs> so that's about all that I have uh, as far as the local news. But before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody, if you've yet to check it out, you should. The latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. It's at ChicagoReader.com. All you have to do uh, is go to Chicago Reader, uh, Google Chicago Reader, Jarofsky article. You know what I mean? Uh, his latest column is all about Janice Jackson feeding time, Chicago. Ben, tell everybody about this. You know, I, it was a riff I had last week, I think, at roughly this time. We were talking about Janice Jackson and uh, the official explanations uh, that she gave for, you know, what was wrong with Chicago's public schools and how they were championed by mainstream Chicago, the editorial boards and corporate Chicago. And D, I just, I went on this riff and then I just turned it into a column chronicling. <laughs> and I just... You know how they feed you this stuff, these lines? They feed you, but I'm not going to swear. They feed you stuff. Open up your mouth, shovel it in. So I take a deep dive. All the little stories they feed you, and you chop them down. It's a happy Chicagoan or Illinoisan, and you just believe what they tell you. So that's, I had a little fun with that, D. I had a lot, a lot of fun with it. It's the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky, ChicagoReader.com. Also, ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. If you want to help out this program, you can. You can become a bin head. You can either be in the alley, the avenue, or the boulevard. It's up to you. Go check it out. Also, check out our endless archive of Ben Jarofsky episodes. Over a thousand episodes. Whoa. We are insane. Uh, go check it out. ChicagoReader.com, wherever else you download podcasts. You can always send us an email. BennyJShow at gmail.com. Dot com. Uh, Steven, I got your email. Thank you for the kind words. And yes, uh, once uh, Ben is ready to get out of that attic, we need to have a Benny J show fan uh, barbecue party. Whoa. Maybe we'll need a block permit from a uh, block party permit from Tom Tony. You <laughs> better be nice to him. Love you, Tom. Love you, Tom Tony. They've talked about uh, cricket Hill partying on cricket Hill. Ooh. I think that would be in the 46 ward. Oh, Kappelman. I better be nice to him. What a dork. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway but, and uh, also yeah, yeah you can oh, sorry too you can reach out to us online at Benny J Show B-E-N-N-Y the letter J Show on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show 708-658-4788 that number again 708-658-4788 find me at Six Flags in two weeks yes and I wanted to uh, uh, give a shout out to the folks who are going to be uh, bonus interviews this weekend uh, Saka Body on Sunday talking about municipal finances and whether uh, we should uh, spend our COVID relief money on banks uh, and David Ferris great interview David Ferris Roosevelt University professor we did a deep dive on what's going on in the Middle East and how it's playing out politically in this country I urge everybody to check that out it should drop tomorrow at 5 in the morning uh, the only one of of the two of us will be up at that time. We'll be Dennis, of course, will be chopping wood. Uh, he can listen to it then. Um, anyway, speaking of Dennis, I want to thank him. The man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of all in Illinois. Without him, the show would be possible. Outstanding job as always. Uh, oh, what a week. Uh, as David Ferris, uh, Tom Shuba, and Gregory Pratt will tell you, uh, back home and all, and they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. 
springtime. Love it. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader